0: Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit Stripe.com slash Tap iPhone.
1: Daniel R. Houlihan has supported Independent Tech News directly for five years. Be like Daniel. Become a DTNS member at Patreon.com slash DTNS.
2: This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, February 5th, 2019. In Los Angeles,
3: I'm Tom Merritt.
1: And from Studio p I'm Sarah Lane.
3: And I'm the show's producer who doesn't know what month it is.
2: <laughs> no, no one would have known that if he hadn't admitted it. That's the kind of guy our producer, Roger Chang, is. Hey, you know what? I'm still writing 2018 on my checks, even though I don't write checks. <laughs>
1: I good. had to. I had to. I had to think about what month it was when I was when I was doing Daily Tech Headlines this morning. I was yeah. like, "It's January, right?" No, actually, it's not.
2: No, February. it's February. It's February fifth. And if you're saying, "Wait a minute," it's also a Tuesday. Where's Patrick Beja? Patrick is sick, and we told him get some sleep, get better, rest up. Uh, and so that is what he is doing. If you miss Patrick's voice, Monthly Video Game Briefing just had a new episode come out, so you can hear a healthy Patrick in that episode. Uh, go check that out. For now, though. Let's start with a few tech things you should know.
1: Alphabet's Q4 earnings report showed that the company took more than $1.3 billion of operating losses in its other bets category. That category includes its experimental X Lab, the Internet Group Access, LTE Balloon Initiative Loon, Drone Delivery Project Wing, and Self Driving Car Unit Waymo. On the sales side, it was rosier. The company earned more than $39 billion last quarter with a profit of $8.2 billion. Net revenue was up 23% from the same quarter last year, but some payments to partners also rose 26%.
2: You wait, though. One of these days, one of those other bets, is going to pay off. It's going to pay off big. That's (laughs) what Larry and Sergey hope. A new Chrome browser extension called Password Checkup is available. It checks your login credentials against a database of compromised accounts. Now, that database is maintained by Google, but it sounds similar to Have I Been Pwned, which is a a public database. Google uses a technique called blinding to create a secret search index, and then your credentials are anonymized with an argon2 hash and encrypted with elliptic curve cryptography, all in order to reassure you that neither Google nor anyone else is looking at your passwords when the extension compares it to the database. It's just checking to see if they match a known breached account so they can alert you and say, hey, you should probably change this password.
1: Apple confirmed to Reuters that it has reached a deal with French authorities to back pay the country 500 million euros in taxes. Apple's French branch confirmed this tax agreement, but didn't confirm the amount, although French magazine L'Express reported that the sum was as much as it was and said that the deal was finalized back in December. All
2: right, let's talk a little bit about Facebook Messenger. Uh, Facebook's going to let you delete messages from a conversation after you've sent them. They'll give you up to 10 minutes to do it which means the person on the other end could have seen it, but now you can pull it back from both sides of the conversation, if you want. Last April, Facebook announced that it would build an unsend feature for all users within the next few months. After it was spotted that CEO Mark Zuckerberg already had the feature, it's rolling out to Android and iOS right this second. If you don't have it already, you'll get it soon.
1: We have talked about this on the show before, (laughs) because I was like, I've always been of the mind of, if you can delete something... But the other, it's not deleted everywhere. That's not a delete feature at all. It's also gotten me into hot water more than once before I realized what was going on because I thought if I send something to Tom and I don't see the little scene or the timestamp of when Tom saw it and I delete it, then it's gone. Tom will never see this. But Uh that's not true at all. That's not how it works, Um, particularly when people get email notifications about messages and some people have that turned on. In fact, I would wonder how that would work. Well, that's maybe the thing, Facebook- right?
2: You're still gonna, you're still gonna have that kind of stuff happen. So when well, you unsend maybe- it, it can't unsend the email if a notification happened.
1: But if it waits ten minutes to send the email, oh yeah, maybe it does that. Then you could get around it that way. I love this, I and it's not that. because, it's not because I don't know. I want to be deleting messages all that often, but it comes up every so often. I, I've, it's a little weird to me that Facebook's like, okay, well, we're offering this feature, but. You can also just delete it for yourself if you prefer you can delete it everybody or just for yourself I'm not sure how often well, anybody could, wants to do could that could you
2: not delete it I assume you could always delete it for for yourself but I guess maybe I don't use Facebook Messenger that much you could you couldn't there so you could
1: that's I just new. don't understand why that feature exists well that's the when do you ever you, want to do that
2: if you want to delete anything in your screen like I just don't want to see this anymore right? Like I know yeah, okay. it's out there. I know it was sent, but I don't want to look at it the next time. Maybe you had an argument in your text message and you're okay. over it. Right. But the next yeah. time you text message the person, you're you like, don't oh, I don't want to it. see this hanging around in the background. I don't okay. I've, yeah. I've used it for similar situations before where I'm just like, hey, you know what? I want to clear this clear this history and, and get a clean start. But yeah, it it can lead to confusion if people think, oh, that's, del- that's unsending it. It's not. But well, now for Facebook Messenger, at least you have that option.
1: Well, you got 10 minutes anyway. <laughs> <For> 10 minutes. <laughs> so, so think hard about that. Toyota and Sumitomo Mitsui Auto Service are launching a gamified car subscription service called Kinto in Japan. The Kinto 1 level lets you choose either a Prius or a Corolla Sport, an Alphard, a Vellfire, or a Crown. I haven't heard of some of those cars. And pay between $20 and $900 Two. per month.
2: I think it's more than that. I think that's a, mis- a typo. I think it's like 400 to 900 I'll double check <laughs> I was going to
1: say, you. wow, uh, well, The the Prius is pretty affordable. Yeah. Uh, Quinto Select gives you a Lexus for one thousand six hundred thirty dollars per month. Toyota said that drivers will be awarded points based on things like safe or ecological driving. The points could then be used to reduce your monthly payments. Quinto Select, that's the one with the Lexus, the more expensive one, is available now, and Quito One arrives March first. Both are on a trial basis from. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like
0: unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade offs between intelligence, speed, and cost.
0: From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
1: Collect dealers in Tokyo. The plan is to roll out more widely this summer, and the points program won't launch until at least autumn. So
2: you have to be willing to be surveilled by the company you're leasing or renting or whatever you call this, your car from, Right because that's the only way this works. Right. And they haven't detailed what constitutes safe driving, what constitutes ecological driving, which is probably why they're not launching this program until autumn. They're they're probably still nailing down exactly how they want this to operate so that people feel like it's a benefit but they don't bankrupt themselves with a point system that goes out of control or can be gamed too easily or whatever. But all those concerns aside, let's assume for the sake of argument that it's transparent what data they're collecting about you and how it works for these points. What do you think of this idea of encouraging better driving habits in order to give you a break on your car rental service or your lease?
1: Well, I, I, I because, again, this is a for-profit idea, I wonder why the car companies would care all that much unless for some reason... They are in a better position when they can say, well, all of our drivers never exceed the speed limit.
2: I would think it would be a couple of reasons. Uh, One is customer acquisition. Right now, these subscription services are new. So if you can be like, oh, that one actually I I could have a chance of reducing my payment. I'm going to try that. And two, Mm -hmm. these these cars are either going to be put back out to other subscribers or sold off as used cars. And the better shape shape they're in, you know, the better for the service as a whole.
1: Yeah, I guess I just, if if data is being collected, and let's say safe driving has a lot to do with going the speed limit or not, right? So if I exceed the speed limit, that data is going somewhere. right? Sure, maybe I won't get in trouble for it, but it would give me pause because I know that if law enforcement catches me going over the speed limit, then I get in trouble, but I don't want to get in trouble with the, with the company I'm leasing a car from.
2: Well, and there's also going to be a concern, is Toyota going to share this with my insurance company, which exactly. insurance companies do this too, where they say, hey, if you want to track your data, we'll give you a break on your insurance if you're a safe driver and they have their own metrics for that. But that's also voluntary. So uh, it, does, it does play into the data collection thing. And I I think for me the 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 devil's in the details. You know what what constitutes safe or ecological driving? How much can I actually get a discount? Uh, yeah, that 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 makes all the difference to me. All the way down, down to
1: twenty dollars per month. Tom <laughs> it was
2: four hundred twenty. I'm sorry about that. <laughs>
1: Just a really good drivers. Yeah. <laughs> Last October,
2: IBM announced Thylira AI. It's spelled P H I L Y R A. It was meant to develop new scents for the fragrance industry. So, in addition to developing new scents, it can also identify alternative materials. So you could make the same scent if you were running out of a of an ingredient. Recommended amounts based on usage, uh, so people wouldn't waste their perfume. It helped a company called Simrise create two new perfumes for the beauty company Oboticario. And now Filera AI has got a new job as part of a platform to help McCormick create new flavor profiles. And of course, smell is part of taste, so this makes sense. Filera can use data on flavors and spices along with sales and marketing data from McCormick to improve recipes and tailor them to specific regions. So your kosher version, your vegan version, your low-sodium version, they can all taste very similar to the regular version. McCormick also hopes to create an iconic food product like its own French's yellow mustard or something like Pringles or Tootsie Roll or something like that. The first new recipe mix flavors coming out from McCormick as a part of this collaboration are Tuscan chicken, bourbon pork tenderloin, and New Orleans sausage. And they're expected to be on grocery shelves by the end of the spring.
1: Wow, and these are the these are just flavorings. So Yeah, so
2: McCormick makes mixes so you can make sauces or stews or rubs oh, okay. and stuff like that. They all the you most people are probably familiar with them as making spices, but they also make these these sort of helper mixes.
1: It's interesting. When I first read the story, I was like, how is, you know, fragrance and then how does it translate to food? But you make a good point that that taste and and smell are are very uh, intricately linked. And sure, if I want uh, my soup to taste like New Orleans sausage and it's the best one, then that's the flavor packet I'm going to buy.
2: Yeah, there's all kinds of things this can do. One is optimize the flavor. So it's like, oh, these are the ones that our data shows people think taste the best, and we'll combine those flavors and, and it'll work. But it could also come up with new flavors right new new products and i think that's what mccormick is banking on is we're gonna have the next pringles it's gonna it's gonna tell us how to how to make something that nobody else has made before although mccormick doesn't really make too many things like that i guess a new mustard or or ketchup or sauce or something might be might be in the offing so
1: yeah well and if you're vegan or kosher or Mm -hmm. yeah you want something that's low sodium Mm -hmm. your options historically have been quite limited you know, you got a whole grocery store, and you got maybe one aisle of 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 stuff that's made specifically for your dietary needs. So, if these sorts of flavorings can be absolutely legitimately kosher, but tastes as well, I don't know, kosher eating is actually pretty good already. But yeah. okay, let's say it's a you – know, low sodium is probably a better example, right? Exactly, yeah. low sodium, but 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 you wish you could eat all the salt, yeah, and 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 your your taste buds are. Fooled, so to speak. Then that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good start anyway. Okay, engineers at Dartmouth College have invented no, a no, dimes- no, 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 no. You oh, got sorry, DJ
2: so- Marshmallow first.
1: Oh, sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tom. Yes, of course. How could I forget? <laughs> On February second, DJ named Marshmallow as in Mellow, not Mallow, played a concert in Fortnite that players could watch for free if they moved their avatar to Pleasant Park, which is where the concert was. On Twitter, Jeff Keighley said that his sources say more than 10 million concurrent players watched that concert. That's a lot of people. There is, of course, Marshmallow X Fortnite merchandise available for sale. An extended mix of the Fortnite set is also available on Apple Music exclusively. Marshmallow also announced that a collaboration with Bollywood composer Preetam and artist Shirley Sofia called Biba is being released worldwide on the in-house label of Spotify rival GeoSaving, which is one of India's largest streaming services. That's not an exclusive, though. It's available pretty much all over the place.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, Mar- DJ the DJ Marshmallow uh, mm-hmm. has has now uh, impressed me by saying, you know where I'm going to find the biggest audience I could possibly find? In Fortnite. Like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, and then saying, I see that At the top of the YouTube charts consistently are Indian music artists. So I'm going to work with someone who sings in Hindu and release this on an Indian hot streaming label. Uh, I'm not going to do it exclusive because that would be be counterproductive. Uh, So I'm going to put it on Spotify and YouTube and everywhere. But this is going to push my music out more and more. I mean, this is the cutting edge. Of what a musician should be doing. And I I read up a little bit. I'm not familiar with Marshmello that much, although I I played some of the songs and I recognize them, so I must must have been hearing them. Uh, But it sounds like Marshmello is someone who has been very careful about the model in that what the DJ does is signs licenses with the artists they collaborate with and then put the records out on that collaboration artist label rather than signing to a particular label that you then have to put everything out on. I, I
3: was going to mention he's one of the new breed of artists, and if anyone's not familiar with Marsh same vein as uh, uh um Dead Mouse. He he I think He's right. It's like there's this collaboration, but also not kind of tying yourself to a single label where you're restricted in what you can do. And you see this with a lot of new artists where they collaborate with not just big name artists, but other similar artists in order Mm -hmm. to gain more name recognition, but also to put their music music out to a wider audience.
1: I watched a little bit of the concert, and my first reaction was, what? I, there's like not 10 million people dancing here, but you didn't have to have your avatar participate, as I understand it. You could just sit back and enjoy. Yeah, the show and I don't think it want.
2: could display all 10 million avatars at once. Probably place, not. So. But it
1: looked like, yeah, it looked look like a happy 50 avatars <laughs> or so jamming out. Uh, it was, it's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's smart. I was not familiar with marshmallow either, Tom. So don't feel bad, Roger. You were the coolest one of Roger, us. Roger's
3: on the cutting I, edge of music. I guess. I'm not cool. Just my daughter needs to go through a lot of different music, <laughs> and that's one of the that's one of the uh, top profiled artists on YouTube. Music. Gotcha.
2: Do you run into a lot of Indian music, like like uh, Music Business Worldwide was saying?
3: Um, there are a lot of artists that borrow heavily from kind of the Bollywood mm-hmm. style, um, and it's it's. More <laughs> pardon me, more apparent than it used to be. And I think it's a growing trend where people are trying to find new influences and new sounds so they can be unique and literally in a world of millions and millions of really talented people.
2: I have to say, I love it when Marshmallow collaborates. I want some more. (laughs) <laughs> now those engineers at dartmouth they've been waiting they got bumped by marshmallow i'm sorry engineers at dartmouth college have invented a dime-sized device that converts kinetic energy from your heartbeat into electricity in order to power implanted devices particularly pacemakers it uses a thin piece of polymer piezoelectric film called pvdf to create the electricity uh, in fact, in a pacemaker situation, it can take the kinetic energy from the lead of the pacemaker that's, that's touching the heart and convert that electric- that into electricity that can then recharge the batteries of the pacemaker. The PVDF can also be used as a sensor to provide real-time uh, information about the heartbeat. The results of a three-year study were published in Advanced Materials Technologies, and the first round of animal studies uh, supposedly went well, and the results of that will be published soon if you have to have your pacemaker's battery changed, you have to undergo surgery. I mean, the thing is implanted unless it's external, but if the pacemaker's implanted, you have to go under, you have to go through anesthesia. They have to open up your chest and they have to pull out the battery and put in the new one. Uh, it's a routine surgery, but it's not without risk. It's not entirely risk-free. And so if you could make the pacemaker's battery last for the life of the patient, uh, that that's, that's a big plus. Uh,
1: as, how long would a pacemaker battery be expected to last currently?
2: I don't have an answer to that, but it is. I don't some, either. Because it is something that is in the order of years, sure. not not decades. Yeah, uh, but to
1: undergo surgery and, like you said, there's risk and just yeah. discomfort and healing process and all of that stuff. Yeah, it, again, it is it
2: is a, it is a somewhat r- routine surgery, uh, and and people do it all the time, but. There's a risk of infection, like you say, and all, all mm-hmm. of that. So uh, eliminating that is huge.
3: And uh, typically the patients that receive that type of surgery or that type of implant tend to be older. And so ah, right. you run a higher risk of recuperation and, and, and the rest. So, so, it's, I mean, it's, Tom said it's routine, but there's yeah. always risk.
2: BioCal says uh, in our chat room that a lot of the pacemakers are just under the skin. So it's a minor surgery, uh, may not require anesthesia uh, all the time. I, potentially but still
1: but it's way cooler if your heartbeat is doing it for you
2: my heartbeat powers the pacemaker which makes my heart beat it's sort of a it's a, it's a perpetual motion machine in my chest that's amazing it's, am-
1: it's amazing just be kind in those animal studies doctors
2: <laughs> yes yes of course. well they're they're keeping the hearts beating for these animals I'm going Mm -hmm. to pretend to myself when I think about it. (laughs) Uh, To get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, don't forget our other show, Daily Tech Headlines, at dailytechheadlines.com. Go subscribe (laughs) right now. Microsoft's chief online safety officer, Jacqueline Boucher, posted a post today titled, People Around the World Report Increased Civility Online New Microsoft Research Shows. That's right. In increased civility. You may not feel it, but apparently the numbers are there. Let's talk about what they found, how they determined it, and then Sarah and I and Roger will try to figure out what it means. Uh, Microsoft's Digital Civility Index is being measured for three years now. Uh, It measures exposure to risk. So it's like a golf score. The lower the score, the better. Uh, The risk this time is 66%. So you want it to be low. That's not terribly low. But it's two points below last year. So things are getting more civil. It is, however, one point higher than two years ago. So it, it's not necessarily, <laughs> uh, you know, the best we've been in the three years we, of the state.
1: We got a lot of wor- worse, yeah. and now we're getting a little better.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, this may surprise you, though. Four countries performed much better in this year's civility index. The U.S. went down 10 points. Germany went down 8 points, France down 6, and Belgium down 5. Online risks experienced by family and friends of respondents fell 5 points to 63%. And unwanted contact is still the highest risk. That's I'm getting harassed by somebody or somebody's contacting me that I don't want. That still fell 4 points to 40%. Uh, In fact, it was really the only one that fell. It's driving most of the indexes change, but it is still the highest risk and it's falling. Now, Consequences of exposure, like loss of trust or stress or losing sleep, lowering your participation in social networks and blogs, etc., that increased. So even though the civility got better, the consequences of being exposed to incivility uh, got worse. Positive actions to address risks also fell. People stopped doing things to make life better, even though it was getting better. However, there's a couple other positive. 42% of teens asked parents for help. That's up 32% from the prior year. Uh, Family and friends uh, accounted for 28% of online risks, which is up 11 points. But you could interpret that as a good thing, meaning fewer strangers are harassing each other, which would cause the percentage of family and friends to rise, because you're always going to have a certain percentage from the people you know. The UK has the lowest risk overall at 50%. The US is second at 51%. France is third at 52%. The worst of the three in the survey are Peru, 79%, South Africa, 78%, and Chile, 75%. Now, I know whenever we have these surveys, people want to know, okay, but how did they do this? It's a survey. Between May 4th and May 31st of last year, 2018, they surveyed 11,157 teens and adults. Uh, They split it 50-50 between men and women, spread equally across 22 countries, uh, asking about exposure to online risks across four categories, reputation, behavior, sexual, and personal or intrusive. Uh, The countries changed. They added Canada and Singapore. They removed Australia, China, and Japan. But there's a section in the PowerPoint that shows that even if you had included the countries you removed, this more recent data would not have changed. Uh, So they feel like they've got a better mix this time. Now, Microsoft recommends that there are things you can do to increase civility online. You can act with empathy and compassion. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Respect differences. Honor different perspectives. And when disagreements surface, engage thoughtfully. Avoid name-calling and personal attacks. Pause before replying. This is the biggest one I do for myself, is just wait. Don't post or send anything until you've had a chance to calm down. And stand up for yourself and others if you see people being abusive or cruel in other places. Report threatening activity. Preserve evidence of inappropriate or unsafe behavior. So even though overall this this isn't much of a change, a couple of percentage points, it's a big change in Germany, the U.S., France, and Belgium. Sarah, and it, is this just sort of like, well, it's it's too close to call, or or, or are we turning a corner? Are we learning? Well-
1: I sure would like to think that we're learning a survey of 11,000 and some change teens and adults that are split 50-50 between men and women across 22 countries is not that many people from each country. So if you want to break down the survey, it's like, well, that's still about
2: 500 per size. country. But yeah. they, are, they are selected with with an emphasis on being representative. So
1: Absolutely. And you might also say, okay, well, this is a Microsoft research study. What do they get out of it? But- I don't know the the takeaways that Tom you just went through all sound like really nice decent human behavior. Not you should use Microsoft Bing. That's the way to stay <laughs> <Right. It's> happier <laughs> online. That kind of thing. So so yeah, I I, I don't. Gosh, I've seen so much terrible online behavior. We all have. We all know what that is and 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 the different categories of of what abuse would be and, and making people feel sad online and that sort of thing. I know certainly my community on Twitter has become extremely vocal about when someone's getting harassed and there are certain measures that companies are putting into place, sometimes a little bit more slowly than we'd like, but I do believe that it's going in that direction and that are those are all tools at least on the company side to try to keep people having a good time on social media so i think that that's probably lending itself to a, to a better trend i wonder about the the countries who are doing the worst and if that is just if it's a cultural thing that perhaps we don't understand uh, I, that- I would i
2: would also propose that While it could be cultural, it could also be uh, places where the internet is newer for more people, where internet penetration was not as high recently. uh, Because what I would like to think is that we are going to learn how to deal with these new ways of communicating, and we will get better and more civil as time goes on, and we get more familiar with them, and that maybe this will show that. I don't think it shows it yet. A two-point change is not enough for me to, to feel hope for the future yet. A 10-point change in the U.S., though, that's something to take a look at and hope that it continues to be a trend. You're going to need to have a few more years of this study before I feel comfortable. But likewise, Chile and South Africa, if they start to go down over the years, maybe that shows like, oh, yeah, no, it was just the people were just getting
3: used to these new ways
2: of communicating
3: there.
1: Roger, were you going to weigh in?
3: I was going to say one quick thing in that uh, probably a lot of it has to do with awareness and not a social level awareness, not just, just, you know, campaigns that, that show up flyers or, or Mm -hmm. or commercials, but people saying, hey, don't do that. That's kind of, you're being a jerk. Yeah. You know, where, where, where you are literally kind of, uh, you're, you're kind of reined in by societal norms in the same way that like, uh, public nu- being a public nuisance or you know, like a jerk in, in the yeah, middle yeah, of the yeah. street is, is conf- uh, considered uh, bad by most people.
2: Yeah, and that that's part of being more familiar. As we get used to these new tools, we get used to what the norms should be. So the newer you are to it, the more trouble you're likely to have.
1: And I think the the note about consequences of exposure. So that's mm-hmm. you're stressed out, you don't sleep well, you don't want to be online as much. I can certainly say that I've experienced all of those things yeah. and sometimes walking away and being like, you know, what? I don't want to be on Facebook right now or what, where, wherever the network is, wherever you're hanging out online, that that is an unsafe or unpleasant place to be causes a lot of people to say, I'll just take a step back and then you sleep better because yeah. whatever's going on is not right in front of your face. I
2: think it's cumulative too. Like even though the civility may be getting better, the fact that you've put up with it for years makes you tolerate it less, which is why you might be seeing a stronger reaction, a stronger consequences, even as the incivility re- is reduced.
1: Yes, absolutely. When you get older, you just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun when I was a kid. Wow. we yeah, right. were yeah. just yelling no at each other. Yeah. Hey, thanks, everybody who participates in our subreddit. You're all wonderful and pleasant people. We're happy to have you. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also on facebook.com, a very nice group, slash groups, slash dailytechnewsshow.
2: Uh, real right, quickly, real quickly, before we, we check in, uh, breaking mm-hmm. news. Thank you, GPEG, for, for alerting me to this in the chat room. Uh, Angela Aarons announced she's leaving Apple Retail in April. Huh. Yeah. Aarons uh, has it, been at Apple been? Retail. been, about five years for her? Spring 2014. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just about five yeah. years. Huh. Deirdre O'Brien, uh, the HR leader at Apple, will take over as head of Apple retail and online store operations and that's... continue to lead the HR team. That's an interesting, interesting. combination.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a, is that a lateral move? But I guess she's just really good at lots of things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, <laughs> ask an Apple employee maybe <laughs> before you say that. Yeah. All right, let's, let's check in now with Chris Christensen, the amateur traveler, on a way that a love of flight might pave the way for a different kind of love.
3: This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I've talked on this segment about keeping track of your trips with the TripIt app, but there's another app that's come on my radar, which is the App in the Air, which is a competitor to that. You can use it to keep track of your trips as well as your frequent flyer programs. But there's another
2: feature that it has, which is you can use it to connect with people in their network who are
3: nearby. There are nearly a million frequent flyers who are using the app, and some of them apparently are now doing frequent flyer dating using the nearby feature of the App in the Air. So if you're looking to find another frequent flyer, you might check it out. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler.
2: So many jokes. So many jokes.
3: Mm
1: -hmm, And mm -hmm. I won't
2: make any. Okay, I'll make this one. Uh, I bet they fight (laughs) over who gets to pay with their points
1: card for dinner. (laughs) Good joke, Tom. Very good joke. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's kind of like, I, I wanted to snicker a little bit at this too, but if you are in sitting in a plane that often for Mm -hmm. business or or for whatever reason, and and many people are, that might be where you might meet someone more often than at the grocery store.
2: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Yeah. All
2: right, let's let's move on to our
1: mailbag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jinx. Tim had some thoughts on our conversation yesterday about whether people are really aware of how ads on social networks and platforms work and if they really care. Tim says, until very recently, I was unaware of Facebook's ad settings page, even though I've been using Facebook for many years, and I invested in my personal security and privacy. When I first visited that page, I smiled, thinking, boy, do they have that wrong, as I looked at some of the items they thought I was interested in. I was tempted to correct it, but then I had another thought. What if I just pick complete nonsense just to mess up the algorithm? Early last year, I downloaded all of Facebook's data about me. I was pleased to find that I had only ever clicked on about 40 ads in the many years I've used Facebook. I've never bought anything based on any of those ads. And so I decided to leave my Facebook ad settings alone as they support just the behavior that I want to exhibit, namely not falling for ads. Sorry, Facebook advertisers, you're not making any money off of me.
2: Well, okay. Um, I am of the opinion that ads aren't evil in and of themselves if they're right. I always use movie trailers as the example. Like, I want movie trailers. I want those ads. I want people to show me what movies look like so I can decide what what movies to see. And I I know some people don't look at trailers because of spoilers whatever, but that's an example of a good ad. So, I would rather have a system where the ads are only for things that I wanted to know about rather than I think the problem with ads is not that they exist, it's that they're A waste of my time and and exploitive and and undermining my privacy. I I want that to go away. But I I do want useful ads that are respectful of my privacy that tell me about things that I wouldn't have known of otherwise that I want to know about. Someday. Maybe we'll get that.
1: Uh, well thanks for the feedback and thanks to everybody who sends us mail every day keep it coming hey as tom mentioned at the top of the show if you missed patrick beja because we certainly did you can still have some patrick in your ears on the monthly video games briefing you su- can subscribe at dailytechnewsshow.com slash mvgb feed or frogpants.com slash mvgb
2: and don't forget folks uh we need your help to reach our goal of one more patron than last month. You could be that person. Uh, Pull over to the side of the road, stop your jogging for a second, or remember when you get back home to become a DTNS member and you'll get an ad-free RSS feed, special episodes from me on how we do the show, special episodes looking back on the tech news of the past each month. There's all kinds of cool benefits of being a member, plus just knowing that you are among the 95% of our revenue that supports what we do, and we're answerable to those people. Those are the people we pay attention to. Be one of them by signing up at patreon.com slash DTNS
1: and maybe you can do it while jogging but be careful take a picture our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com we are live Monday through Friday at 4 30 p.m. Eastern 2130 UTC find out more at dailytechnewshow.com slash live back tomorrow with Scott Johnson talk to you then
0: this show is part of the Frog pants network
3: Get more at FrogPants.com.
1: Diamond Club hopes
3: you have enjoyed this broker.
0: <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools,